welcome to the Ladies Kicking Ass podcast, where we raise our voices and honor the badass achievements of women in the service industry. Get ready for empowering conversations, inspiring stories, and a whole lot of ass-kicking energy. Join us as we redefine what it means to be bold, fearless, and unapologetically Y-O-U, babe. This is your platform, your community, and your source of inspiration. So buckle up, get ready to rock and roll, and let's show this world just how much we can accomplish. Welcome to the Ladies Kicking Ass Podcast. I'm so excited that you're here today to be able to listen to this conversation because today we're going to talk about the thoughts in our heads and don't run and don't shut off this podcast because that's a scary place that you don't want to live. If it's a scary place that you don't want to live, then you definitely need to listen to today's conversation because I know I'm guilty of that, of I'm just going to keep myself busy so I don't have to think about things. But that's where all of the processing is done, and we need to be able to take the time to do that. So my guest today is Holly McNeil, and she has an incredible backstory and an incredible formulation that she talks about now when she is teaching people to work through their mindset and their thoughts and what that actually helps them achieve in life. So Holly's background, she was actually an engineer and not just like some engineer, like a big ass engineer that like did huge billion dollar project type of stuff. So super cool that you are here with us today. Thank you for paving the way for women in that industry and for being so awesome there. I own a septic business. So anyone that is in the trades or deals with construction stuff is women of my heart because there's just not enough of us in there and there needs to be more. So I appreciate that you had such a great stellar career with that. But today you're going to teach us about your Perlove formula. You're going to talk to us about mindset and about the things that we think and how that comes out. So thank you so much for being here with us today, Holly. Yeah, thank you, Tanya. I'm excited to be here. And actually, I'm an architect, not an engineer. Architects uh, architects know a little bit about a lot of stuff, and engineers know a lot about one thing. So yeah, definitely we work together. But And yeah, when I first started, there were not that many women in architecture. So uh, it was it was a journey on its own. But thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to talk about the transition and, and kind of how I got to Per Love. Yeah. And my apologies if I said engineer. I obviously work with a lot of engineers. So in my head, I was thinking architect. Yeah, she said it, yeah. Engineer. (laughs) So that's my bad because that's who I work with all the time. So um, I love that you have like transitioned even from the architecture side of things to like the mindfulness architecture of things. So I would love for you to give us a little bit of your backstory, your professional career, and then what led you to want to retire by age 50 in your field of architecture and move over into coaching and mindfulness? Absolutely. And actually, and actually it was quite a long journey. So, so I became an architect. My father was a home builder. And, and I liked art and I liked uh, math and, and architecture is one of the few professions that you can put both of those together. And I was really actually quite good in my profession. I got as far as being a, an associate principal in a large firm. I worked in Mecca, Saudi Arabia, 
uh, out of Egypt and a hospital for the Holy Mosque Hospital. I worked for Stanford University in California. And it was all a wonderful journey for me, but I, I did it for the wrong reasons. I became an architect um, to, to be okay, right? To prove that I was worthy from all the anxiety and low self-worth that I kind of, that came about as a child. Very few of us get through life without some kind of trauma or tragedies in our life that we stuff in what I call our little black bag parts of us that we don't want people to see or we don't want to show to others. We don't want to look at ourselves. And those things, they fester in there. So I became an architect to just to be okay, you know. And I had created the perfect, as an architect, I created the perfect world. Everything you're supposed to want to be happy according to society's rules, its prescriptions. Mm -hmm. My career, my handsome husband and I built a beautiful home for our two lovely children that housed our nice cars and hosted our great friends. So I had it all, everything you should have right down to our pets, my, our, our golden retriever, uh, Mr. Fettuccini and our slick white cats, of course named Alfredo. But in the inside, it, it wasn't, it, the foundations were flawed. And at age 34, I, I hit a really low personal point. And I couldn't lie, I was good at, at faking it, but I couldn't fake it to myself anymore. So at this low point, I made a vow, literally crying on the toilet in the middle of the night. To God, life, Buddha, the universe, anyone out there listening, help me and I'll do better. Give me another chance and I'll change, even though my life looked like it's, you know, the perfect life. And I was given that second chance. So with my karmic debt in tow, I went out to make good on that vow. Now, this wouldn't be easy. It first catapulted me out of a mutually manipulative and controlling marriage and into an eight-year battle for my children, all while working and, you know, single mom now. And it would take everything I had back then, which wasn't much, to prevent my permanent alienation from them. I was alienated for a time, but I was fortunate in that way. But in stepping on this path and, and keeping this vow, I also tripped upon this amazing journey that started, even though at first I was so stuck and so lost in my own thoughts, emotions, and feelings, which I call my artef, and our own, my own patterns, what I call the happiness thief, that I didn't even know what better was. I just had made an intention and I kept it. So things started showing up. Uh, answers, even though I didn't know what the, what the, what I was looking for, but answers to my questions, the conversations that I would hear people along the way, books, um, retreats. I went from my hometown in the Black Hills of South Dakota to Minneapolis and beyond. I listened to books, um, attended retreats. And in the greater New York City area, I practiced Buddhism for five years. And about 10 years into my journey, I started to realize, wow, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, I looked at um, neuroscience and psychology and uh, spirituality and Buddhism. They're all pointing back to these few simple truths. And I had something to say. So I put two intentions out to the world. One was to retire from my chosen profession as an architect before I turned 50. And the second was to have the time and space to write about what I thought I knew back then. And as intentions go, I tell people, you know, you, you don't have to know how you're going to get somewhere. You just have to believe it's possible. I retired two days before I turned 50. And in 2017, I sat down to write. But it wouldn't be until we were all sequestered in our homes during the COVID pandemic that I printed out a book proposal for a book, I, a manuscript I was working on and still hope to publish someday. And I'm looking over at it. I could, it was like, Tanya, it was like the lights came on. 
It was like I could see a path from this 20-year circuitous route I had just taken. I could see the, the steps, right? And all these truths seemed to come together. And I guess as an architect, my gift is clarity. And with that, I created the Per Love Practices. Pledge, evaluate, recognize, which is the more cerebral part of the formula where we pay attention to what's going on in our minds. And locate, open, best, and expand the more spiritual part of the formula, which is, you know, we open our heart and expand beyond our condition limits. And so that's how I got to where I am today. I've been teaching it just uh, about two years now. I spoke at the Mindfulness Expo in Anaheim last month, Anaheim, California. And, and it's very joyful. I don't, you know, I'm very happy to be here and excited to share that with people today. Wow. That is a hell of a journey. And even with <laughs> yeah. great, fantastic with all of the professional side of that, kudos to you for building such a great career and having all of that, but really going through all the stuff that you went through personally, that is the big stuff. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that with us because a lot of times we talk about our rise that goes up professionally and we forget about all this other stuff that was going on when we did this. And I think for women, we look right. at this because this is what we like to talk about is the pretty stuff. And we, and so if we're going through some of the right. shit like you were, then we feel like, well, we don't have it as together as she does. So thank you so much for sharing yeah. that with us because yeah, right. so many women go You're through welcome. that. And that and that's the goal. That's the point that I was on the outside. It looked like I had everything, but I was so lost and so stuck. And so there are women out there like that. And it's okay to be there. It's okay to, to give yourself compassion and understanding, but you can absolutely find your way to freedom. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And that, you know what, if you find yourself stuck in a situation like that, like sit down and really evaluate some things and decide what you want for your life. You're never actually stuck. You just don't know yeah. what to do next. And so and that's exactly right. Go ahead. You, no, that's, you're that's fine. Exactly right. You don't have, <laughs> you don't have to know you, you don't have to know how to get somewhere. You just have to believe that it's possible. The mind is mm -hmm. that powerful that it will, things will show up in your life. There's a great quote by Rumi. I, I don't know it exactly, but it's like, look for the path and the path will be there. Believe that there's a, for the first 10 years, I had no idea where I was going, but I knew there was better, right? So you are, you're right. You're never stuck there. This is, a, this is an amazing human experience that we're all on. And we all have the ability to create and manifest as we like, once we can understand our minds, how they work and, and have them work for us rather than against us. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I love it when people talk about, you know, how powerful the mind is and really getting out of those situations where you feel like you're stuck because I think so many women find themselves there. And we're also ones that will please and pacify and, well, when I get to this, then I'll do this. Or I'm... I'm right doing something to, you know, stay with the kids situation or protect the kids or because of the kids or something like that. And they can tell, they can tell when you're not happy and that does no one, any kind of service whatsoever. So yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. 
So I can... in your amazing YouTube videos that you have, so if you guys have not been introduced to Holly yet, I will tag them in here, but she made an incredible video that just kind of talks about the overview of what she does as far as mindfulness and just some kind of stats about what we think about during the day. And something that caught me right from the beginning is that you said that we have 60 to, or six to 70,000 thoughts per day. I'm definitely pushing yeah. that 70,000 thought thing. I can tell <laughs> if you looked at my yeah, computer, it, you would be like, yes, I agree with you. Look how many tabs you have open. That's what my brain looks like all day. <laughs> so talk to me about this. What are we thinking about the most? Are men and women the same when it comes to this? Like, what do you see? You know, you know, what's so interesting about that is we do, we have six to 70,000 thoughts a day. 80% of those thoughts are negative. And 95% repeat. And in the, and although most negative self-talk is misguided and, dis, and um, destructive, we tend to accept it as truth. And I'll get into why that is. And with it, create our lives. But the, the brain, right? The brain takes in beyond thoughts, 11 million bits of information every second. But the conscious mind can only process 40 to 50 of those bits, right? So 95% of these thoughts, 95% of the habits we're creating, 95% of our behaviors and reactions are happening below our level of awareness. Those are happening in our subconscious mind. And so, and so without awareness, without being, uh, having this understanding, we're basically creating our life on autopilot based on whatever traumas or, you know, uh, whatever negative thoughts we've created habits from. Mm -hmm. So a couple of interesting things about the subconscious mind that you want to know. Uh, the subconscious mind is habit-based, right? So any habits, any thoughts that we thought over and over and over again without our awareness will become a habit, anxiety, depression, uh, I'm not good enough, I can never do this. And then uh, and, and in the brain, the subconscious mind is a biocomputer. Our brain is a biocomputer. In fact, Computers with all your tabs open were as originally uh, based on the brain, right? So whatever we put in, input in, input out, and the subconscious mind is no question to ask. So if it's negative, it's not going to say, "Hey, are you sure you want to, you know, do this?" It, it's it's going to it's going to spit out at you whatever whatever you put in. And another thing about the subconscious mind is that it will it will protect its programming because of back in the day when survival was more important, uh, the way the mind protects you is by, keep, by keeping things the same. So that's why when you go to change, uh, you meet with resistance. But the good news about the subconscious mind is that it's plastic, neuroplasticity, and that it can be changed, and that we can, cha we can train our mind, and we can use this tool, our mind, to create and manifest the life we want. With just a little bit of knowledge, um, with some with some paying attention, and with some commitment to um, to kind of rewiring your your biocomputer. So interesting! Oh my gosh, there's the mind is such a complex thing that I think that we just so take for granted that it's just like we have these thoughts and all the things that it's a like we don't even have to think about that it's doing for us all the time. Plus processing all that stuff. Like I can't get my computer screen to show clear pictures on it. And yet you're, you've got this magical computer in your head that is like, no one can even fathom how powerful it really is. 
absolutely it is manifesting your life every day so all you need to do is harness it and that's where the practices come in so it's the first three practices pledge evaluate recognize are really the missing piece from stuck and isolated enmeshed in that in that neural net of unhappy you know the more uh, nerve cells that fire together wire together enmeshed in that neural net with the happiness thief you know stealing all your happiness to finding the door to self-exploration. And it starts with a pledge. Right? First, it starts with an attention. They want to believe that this is possible. And then it, it starts with a practice of one minute, six times a day. Okay. What we're wanting to do is create a new habit. Remember, the subconscious mind is habit-based. So the first habit we want to create is that of paying attention to our thoughts, right? Growing mm-hmm. our awareness so that we know on a day-to-day basis what those things are you are it is possible to become conscious of what's in your subconscious mind right the unconscious mind not so much but the subconscious mind you can bring that stuff up when you pay attention so when you take one minute six times a day to take a deep breath and you're just watching your thoughts right for 60 seconds you can do it morning noon and night you can do it breakfast lunch and dinner you know uh, something if you wake up in the middle of the night what are those thoughts going through your head And if you do this one minute, six times a day for 21 days, it will start to happen automatically, right? So we start with one minute, Mm. six times a day, but we want to make it a 24 seven thing. So in in 21 days or in a month, you can create the habit of watching your mind. This will happen automatically like most habits do that we're living by today. Yes, that would be a beautiful thing for y'all to program some little reminders into your phone since we all are like, oh, I don't have time or I forget. Like do that after you get done listening to this. It's just a simple little reminder to spend that minute with yourself. It's like on the Apple watches when it pops up and says, breathe. And I'm like, how does it know? <laughs> you know? But yeah, set yeah, those little yeah. reminders for things like that. Yeah. Yeah, you can get apps for this. And it's really important to create this habit. What we're doing in general, when you're, you're training your mind, is creating the habits that you want in your life. It's creating that change you want to see in your life. So first you do this pledge, and you create this habit of watching your mind. And I tell people in general, if there's anything you want to do or understand or learn, you must do it over and over and over and over again, because the subconscious mind is habit-based. If you like this podcast, what Tanya has to say, what I have to say, and you listen to it once, it'll be like, that's nice. And I learned some stuff, but you won't keep it. You need to listen to it three times to even remember it, eight times to have it sink in, and 21 days to make anything you want to make into a habit. So we got our habit. so true. Because if you listen to a pod, I'm a podcast junkie, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) But I listen to so many of them. And if I'm like, oh, that was a good one. And I think I've absorbed the gist of it. And then you listen to it again. And how many times does that happen that you're like, holy shit, I got a whole nother message out of this or reading the same book. That's like once a year, you read the book and then you go back and read it again. Like Jamie Kern Lima's Believe It book is one of my favorite books. I love it so much. And I've read it on the year since it came out. I just finished it again. And I was like, it's so fascinating because when you are at a different point in your life, I mean, you could repeat like a Ed Milet podcast two times in a row and learn something different out of it uh, on the same day. Or reading a book year after year, you're at a different place in your life. And so things hit you in a different way. 
It's the same information, so but it comes at you a different yeah. way. Absolutely. On my journey, there were books I would pick up 10 years later and read completely different things because your brain is different, right? Different, different neural net, different patterns, different habits. And that's absolutely right. If you just, if you just listen to this and you think, wow, this is amazing. And you don't ever come back to it. Remember the main, the, the subconscious mind also protects its programming. So it's not going to remind you to go back and listen, right? It wants to keep you in the same patterns and habits that originally it's no questions asked, even, even though they they could be harmful and detrimental to you. So yeah, any, if you only take one thing away, just listen to anything, anything that guides you over and over and over. Right. So now we have this habit of watching our mind. We, 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 we kind of notice when things are happening. And so then we get to E evaluate. And then there's, there's this great poem by Robert Blythe and um, John Kabat-Zinn in a CD that I listened to over and over and over and over and over and over again about 10 years into my journey, uh, has this wonderful interpretation and it's called The Long Black Bag We Drag Behind Us. And it talks about when we're children and our, you know, people don't like things about us, you know, good girls don't do that, good boys don't behave that way. We take parts of us to please our parents and we stuff them in this bag. And as we get older, we take things that we don't think are acceptable or that people aren't gonna like and we stuff them away. And then we forget what's in there ourselves, but this bag gets long and heavy because we're carrying a lot of darkness and grief, right? Very, very few of us get through the first 30 years without some kind of trauma or tragedy. And, and that's what we tend to stuff deepest in the bag. So in E-Evaluate, we're looking for these targets for change, for these habits that we've created below our level of awareness. We want to become aware of them. We want to we want to um, identify them, evaluate them as targets for things. So, uh, you know, we're going to look in the bag. And I tell people to look in with kindness uh, and, and compassion, best with honesty, and, and just kind of start with the things that might be, like you kind of maybe intellectually know that you're anxious or whatever. And, and so you pick one or two of those targets. This is the hardest part of the formula. Where pledge, you do one and done, you create the habit and it happens automatically. Evaluate, you do it in layers, right? Start with the easy stuff mm -hmm. first and coming back for the uh, harder stuff later. This is where you start to journal those thoughts, right? So you notice what's repeating. Journal the thoughts, talk to a friend or a therapist, but just start with one or two of those habits or targets that you want to change in your life, okay? And then in, and then in R, recognize it all comes together. Yep. So uh, we have our habits of watching our mind. We've got our uh, targets for change. And are we recognize these thoughts as they come up in our daily life? Right. And there's a brief moment that when it first arises, if you can catch it, right, then you and recognize it for what it is, a thought that mostly probably isn't true, something we've identified with, identified as sector this truth, but never questioned, but it's just a thought. But if you don't catch it, obviously what happens is it drags you down the rabbit hole of despair. It's like being in the jaws of a mad dog, tasking you this way and that. You're trying to change your outside world to appease these thoughts, which only reinforces them. Uh, emotions, yeah. you know, our brain, and, and sorry, I'm talking so much. So I mean, <laughs> emotions. Oh, oh it's uh, so good. <laughs> so so uh, there's this thing in our brain called the hypothalamus. And when we have a thought of, positive or negative, it sends peptides into our bodies, right? And also each, every cell has thousands of receptors. And so if we're sending 
anxiety, peptides, or anger, are, it's saturating these cells. And when those cells split, there's more receptors. And actually, that's why people that are anxious and angry all the time tend to look aged because they don't have any receptors for the nutrients in your body. And so then you imagine your, your mind has got this neural net that's all set with these patterns and your body is all saturated with these thoughts and then something triggers it and every cell in your body screams back to your mind in the form of feelings. That's why I call it our TEF, the happiness thief. Our thoughts, emotions, and feelings reinforce each other, right? So it's, again, why change is so difficult, but it is possible. So at first, it's hard to catch those things, to recognize them at first, right? Mm -hmm. Well, before you get caught and you get um, dragged down the rabbit hole of despair, but you can catch them. But one of the ways that helps people catch them is the indirect way to recognize, which is acting in ways contrary to your patterns, right? Makes sense. We're creating new habits. And you just have to do this consciously, like one minute, six times a day, practice compassion, uh, go for a walk, sing a song, um, you know, forgiveness, practice self-love and understanding. And what that does is nerve cells that no longer fire together, no longer wire together, right? So it starts to break up that neural net of old patterns and space for those aha moments to come through, even moments of peace. So it is a process. It doesn't take a lot of time, but it takes your attention and your consistency. But it, it, it is possible. And so many teachings uh, come back and, and point back to these few simple truths that we are not our thoughts, emotions, and feelings. Our, our true nature, we are so much more than that. Thoughts, emotions, and feelings are only um, our conditioning, right? Uh, we are so much more than that. Mm -hmm. And, and and if you don't if you don't grab onto a thought like a wave in the ocean, it will simply it will simply go back. It'll simply dissipate. It has no choice. The happiness thief has no choice but to fall apart. So. Yes. I I know in a lot of I've done a lot of Tony Robbins training and I know that they say a lot of the times in there like yep. nothing has meaning except the meaning that you give to it. You know, and that can be your feelings, your that emotions. Is exactly right. All of those things is because really nothing has any meaning, you know, like if I drop this microphone, I'm going to start yeah. crying because I have attachment to it because I love it and it's expensive, you know, like oh, no, it really no. doesn't mean like if my, if my kid drops it, they're not going to have the same meaning to this microphone that I would have. They would have more of like, Oh no, mom's going to be mad type of thing, you know? Right. So it's very interesting. If you right. even look at right. like just right. such simple items like the microphone and think, like, if something happens to this, this is what it means to me. If my son does that, this is what it's going to mean to him. It's so simple that right. it's almost like we try to overcomplicate yeah. it with all of these things. Or we say, I just recorded a podcast recently, and it was so fascinating because we talked about the topic of anger and about women in anger and how it's so often mm -hmm. stuffed down for so long until it's like, you know, uh, because it's right. not ladylike to be angry. It's not okay for women to be, you know, aggressive about something or very like loose, you know, they're, they're the crazy lady or she's crazy because she's right. oh, angry exactly. about something. Oh, yeah. Imagine in it's, the corporate world, like, right? If you're a man, you can oh, be yeah. bossy. And, and if you're a woman, you know what you are, right? <laughs> 
Um, yes, but, absolutely. And I know that very much. And you working as an architect and working right. in the construction world that we work in. If right. I say something right. to somebody, they're like, who does she think she is? If a man walked in and That's said right. the exact same thing, they'd be like, oh, he knows his shit. You know, like That's we've it. dealt with that every day in the industry in which we yeah. work in. And it's something like Absolutely. I refuse to let that define who I am as a leader of my business, who I am as a leader of my family. That is, there's nothing wrong with that. It again is what right. society has put the meaning on of how men or women are supposed to act. You're absolutely right. It is that there's a, uh, the book that came out actually in the 80s, which has a terrible title called Sanity, Insanity, and Common Sense, which uh, Dr. Richard Carlson rewrote as uh, you can be happy no, no matter what. And there's four principles in there. And one is the principle of separate realities, that you can see something and your son can see something and you will see it completely differently, right? So mm -hmm. absolutely, it is the meaning that we put to things. And we might not be in control of our thoughts as they arise because Thoughts will arise. That's another simple truth. We've had these thoughts every day. They will arise. We should expect them and accept them. It's how we react to them that makes all the difference, right? If we grab yeah. onto them, believe them, and truly, we, it, you know, they, we reinforce them, we make them stronger. If we see them for a measly little thought, emotion, or feelings, let it dissipate, right? Then we have the chance to create new habits, the change that we want to see. Yeah, it's really yes. powerful, actually. And and in this world, women are, you know, it, we're obviously in a much better place than we were, you know, 50 years ago or whenever. But, you know, we, there's so much power to the mind. You know, we, we, we're told, you know, good girls don't do that or women should behave that way. But when we start to take control of our minds and understand and create the change and manifest the world we want, it's, we're unstoppable. There's so much you can do when you get out of that enmeshment in, in, you know, when you leave that happiness thief, the happiness thief lives in that black bag, right? Throwing this stuff at you every day. But when you start to act in ways different than that, you have compassion or self-love, and you start to recognize these things, you start to create new patterns. It takes time, depending on how stuck and lost you are, but it's absolutely possible and it's well worth it. It's so empowering. You're free, right? You're free from those ideas. They 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 will come up. Even the even the most sage gurus will get those thoughts arising, right? It's absolutely how you respond to them. And the more you catch them, the easier it is to do it. And in time you'll have a habit of catching these things as they come up. And just like, oh, there it is again, you know, every time I come to, to be a guest on a podcast, there's a little bit of, oh my God, what are you doing? You know, it's like, okay, hello, yeah. welcome. I see you, you know, and let's do this. And it's very powerful. Yes, it's really, I think that there's been this misconception for a while, if you will, of like, you need to learn to control your thoughts. The thoughts are going to come up. Right. It's what you do with That's them right. that you've got to learn to control. And when you start That's doing right. this, I was just watching a, a little YouTube short before I jumped on this podcast. And it was a lady talking about, I'm not sure who it was. Um, but this lady was talking about when you really work on your mindset and your mindfulness and you mm -hmm. get control over the way you react to things that maybe 
happen often in your life and people get used to the way you're going to react to stuff. And it's almost as if my example before of, oh, my wife's crazy because she always reacts this way. And you start working through this right. and you're like, I'm not going to react to things this way anymore. And it's almost right. like that person that is around you starts being like, I don't like this because yeah. it's not what I'm used to. But she was talking about how working on your mindset can ultimately is- become kind of a lonely place until you figure out where where to go with that because the people that are used to you being the way that you were are going to be almost mourning who you are becoming. And it's very fascinating that on how that can right. really change your life. Is that kind of a little bit of what happened to you too within the personal side of stuff that you're like I I realize at this point now that I've done some work that this isn't working for me anymore yes yep absolutely absolutely you know when I when I when I first kind of woke up when I when I made that vow I immediately very quickly jumped out of that marriage and and you know every time my my kids would you know, there'd be a conflict with my kids. I'd have to be strong and everything. But eventually they did go live with their father. And I was uh, a childless mother in Minneapolis. But I wanted to do more with my career. I wanted to do more with my spiritual growth. And so I had to make a choice. Right? And, you know, I, mm-hmm. I they weren't speaking to me. I mean, I, I, I saw them a little bit. But I, if I couldn't be... Uh, a mother in a traditional sense that, um, you know, guided them through their daily activities. I wanted to live by example. So I made a choice. Uh, My kids are 13 and 15 to move to the greater New York city area. And, you know, like I said, I was very lucky. I would fly back once a month to see them. I actually got to see them more, but yeah, you have, you make, you make some difficult choices when you take this path because you do change. And certainly the people that are around you, if they don't want to change, most people don't want to change, they're going to see that as a threat or something that doesn't work for them anymore. And yeah, you have to, you have to do what's right for you. It is, it can be a lonely path. It can be, it is life changing. It's absolutely life changing. I went from Rapid City, South Dakota, where I was too afraid to be a little fish in the big pond of Minneapolis to working in Mecca, Saudi Arabia, you know, that was all part of my journey and my growth, right? And knowing that, you know, and stretching that envelope of comfort and reacting to and knowing that that comfort is, is going to come, that discomfort is going to come up because it is anytime mm-hmm. you go and stretch, it, it's the happiness thief, like, ah, I can get you back. It's your brain trying to get you back into those old patterns. But if you know it and you recognize it, then, you know, you can, you can, you can manifest whatever you want to manifest in your life. But uh, as yeah. you said, Tanya, absolutely. It can make, ma- it can be, it can mean major changes for who you're with, what your career is, where you live and, and everything. Absolutely. Yeah, it really can. Badass. But there is no greater. Yes, it is badass. <laughs> there is no greater feeling in the world. And this is something that I aspire to is I even have it hanging on my wall. That's why I'm looking over my camera right now. It's like to live a genuine life full of peace and joyfulness. 
Absolutely. while never losing I'm... my grit grace for people. Because it is yeah. so incredibly important to be in a life of peace and joyfulness and to live in your genuine, authentic self. And you cannot yeah. do that if you are just living for everybody around you or staying mm -hmm. stuck, like we talked about at the stuck beginning. stuck in that, you know, in that enmeshment. And, and, you know, we're not here for that long, people, 80 years, 100 years, and it's actually a blessing. I understand there's mm -hmm. a lot of suffering, obviously, in the world, and and that's why we're, you and I are here talking today. And and but it, it it is a blessing to be here in this human experience through this wonderful yeah. journey. And so to be able to live that, I mean, I'm 56 now. Of course, I would have liked to figure this out, you know, 20 years earlier. And there are people I've spoken to that have gotten it. They figured it out very young, and I think that's wonderful. I think a lot of this should be taught to children so that they can start yes. to create their lives earlier on. But it's, it's absolutely, if you, can, if you can dedicate that time to yourself to, to pay attention to what's going on, figure out what, what that subconscious mind is throwing back at you and create those new habits, you can find that freedom. And it's, it's so joyful. You're right. It's, it's worth, well worthwhile, people. I recommend it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I couldn't agree with you more that it needs to be taught more to our kids. And I think people look at it and they're like, they don't teach that in school. And I'm like, that's mm. right, because that stuff should be coming from their parents. You shouldn't yeah. go to school to learn how to treat people. That should be shown by the example that you set from that for them by your everyday actions. That's how they're taught. That isn't something that you sit down and say, this is what you should do, because your kids will mirror more of what you're doing than what you tell them to do ever in their entire life. That's true. That's true. That's true. Unfortunately, a lot of parents have gotten their own training from their parents, a generational pain. And, yeah. And so it's about breaking that cycle. You know, be the first one to break that cycle and, and do whatever you can to, to share it with others. So Yes, 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 yes. And when people look at you, I love Jamie Kern Lima was just talking about that. She has a new book coming out. It's called Worthy. And she hosted like this book party and she was talking about, she's like, and when you decide that you're going to change and you're going to focus on you and your mindfulness and you're going to get right with yourself and you're going to believe in yourself, that people will look at you like, she's crazy. She's like, you're not crazy. You're just first. Because for right. years and generations, people have just said, well, this is just the way we are. And if right. you've ever been through a position where you've had to literally alienate your family or let go of your family in order for you to become a fullest part of yourself, I did that. I haven't had a relationship with my brothers or my mom and dad for almost 15 years now because it was a situation where I'm going to continue to keep living this lifestyle that they live of negativity or I'm going to change. And I don't ever want my children to have to deal with what I was so passionate about leaving. And if you dip your toe in or you make the excuse of, well, it's my mom or it's my dad or it's my brother or my sister or their grandma. You're making an, an excuse for their behavior. And it is ultimately up to you to decide how you're going to change that. It's not easy. It's not an easy thing to do. And many times you'll have other feelings that come up from that. But you have to remember why you're doing it. And if your why is strong enough to do that, you won't be held down by all of those things. Like, be the crazy one. 
I think that's it's right. great. And, you, and, when you, and you, when you make those decisions to stay, you're living for others, right? And you're not, but then again, yeah. you're not, you're not leading by example, right? And, mm -hmm. um, and, and, and when you start to train your mind, that's why mind training is so important. You, there's this, there's a vast realm of intelligence beyond thought, according to Eckhart Tolle, right? That, that we are much more than our thoughts, emotions, and feelings. And when you can temper those, and when you can see them for what they are, and when you can sit in this awareness and rest in this awareness, this amazing wisdom comes through, this strength comes through. And it's, it's, it gives you what you need to set yourself free. Like I said, uh, and when you get to V, vest, uh, invest in kind of this flow of an open heart, but also invest in everything in your life, every person, place, or thing, every obstacle is showing you what you need to set yourself free. And sometimes that's why there's repeating lessons, right? Things happen to you. I moved from Minneapolis, Rapid City to Minneapolis to the greater New York City area, all trying to get rid of, get, getting away from the egotistical, self-absorbed people that I thought didn't think I was worthy, right? But I was recreating that over and over and over again until I could see that I am worthy, right? I don't need them. Yep. I can see, you know, I don't need them to show me that. But until you see it, what these things are trying to show you, it will keep happening to you in your life. People talk about repeating lessons all the time. But once you see uh -huh. it, right? And then I went to greater, and then I went to the greater your area. There were so many of these people, but they no longer affected my life, right? And so eventually, mm -hmm. I moved to San Francisco, where I had the best team ever, mostly women. Ah, first time ever in architecture, I had a team of mostly women. We were working at a cancer hospital for Stanford, Stanford in Palo Alto. Wonderful, wonderful team. Right before I retired. And uh, yeah, once you learn those lessons, once you can see those patterns, right, and recognize them, then you, you create that freedom. And that and it's like the shackles come off. And and those yeah. fears of what other people think come off. And those worries of, of what, you know, how that'll affect other people. You know, people, you have to live your life as best you can to, to uh, find your own freedom and then share that knowledge with others. Yes. Oh, that was so beautifully said. So beautifully said. This has Thank been you. such an incredible conversation. I could seriously sit and talk to you for hours. <laughs> There's just so much around <laughs> like it. There really is. And it's, yeah. it's such powerful information because as, as simple as it really sounds when we talk about it and the ease of us being able to talk about it, the ease of us being able right. to talk about it isn't because we just read one book. Or we just did one right. thing to work on this. Right. I've been working on personal development for years. You obviously yep. have been doing a lot more on the science side of researching a lot of this stuff. Right. It doesn't just happen overnight. And there's a lot of questioning that comes in. And I know that's how a lot of people get into the science behind it is because they want to know why. And so I would right. really challenge you if you're listening to this podcast to dive into some of that stuff. If you like the science behind it, if you like the just the sheer encouragement of, of being able to know how your brain works, because I don't think that it's mm. talked about enough. You have the power mm. to do whatever the hell you want to do. It is in the manner of how you harness that and make it happen. And that is believing that you're worthy and actually moving one step forward, even if it's only at one minute a time, six times a day. That's right. That's right.
So I, yes, I thank you so much for having me on today. And so uh, I do have a class that um, if you if you go to perloveformula.com and sign up for my newsletter, uh, every month I send out a newsletter that kind of invests one of the that, uh, insights into one of the practices. And I list, you know, I'll have this podcast um, tagged or linked. But also there you'll get a link to a class called the Lost Formula to Happiness. It goes through each one of the practices and the gurus and teachings behind it, the science and neuroscience, the, the, you know, the, the psychology, the spirituality, all of it. And so that, that's a free class. And so if that's of interest to you, you know, you can listen to it over and over and over and over again. Um, I also have a, a monthly uh, forum that I do, uh, it's called the Perfect Practice Forum. It's, it's a very low cost where we go through each practice in detail. And we go through modules, first the basics, then from the outside in. And then there's a module called Simple and Obvious. Because like you said, Tanya, I read a book, uh, You Can Be Happy No Matter What. 10 years later, I read it again and I see a little footnote at the bottom that takes you back to that book, Sanity and Sanity and Common Sense. When I read that book from 1980s, it was like, oh my gosh. And the guy and the and the author of that book, who who nobody knows about and can't be found, or there's no history of him, he says how when he saw it, when it finally, when the veil was lifted, how simple and obvious it really is. So if you do practice, if you do spend some time with this, you too will see, you will make those connections, those aha moments of wisdom will come through, and you'll be like, Oh my God, I can't believe how straightforward this is, right? As you think, so shall yeah. you be. So knock yourselves out and, you know, go for it and believe that it's possible and you will find your way. Yes. Oh, so good. I have all of your links already queued up here so that I will make sure that all of those go in the show notes so people can easily find you. On social, where's your favorite place to hang out at? Uh, Instagram. Instagram. Uh, if you just type in per love, P-E-R-L-O-V-E, I'll come up per love with Holly McNeil. It's my Instagram handle. Um, yeah, I, I, I post some things on there. I do post um, clips from podcast interviews. And Tanya, this one has been wonderful. I, I love your podcast. I love the name of it. I love you. I'd love to hear more about your journey. It sounds like it's been similar, right? Made some major changes yeah. in your life. And you seem to be doing yes. really well and really really kind of I just bright and, and, and open and loving and kicking ass all at the same time, which is wonderful. So thank you so much for <laughs> well, having me That's why today. we love, we love to have community of women that can see that in each other because it's yeah. when we recognize those things that we can elevate each other with stuff. That's like right. she's got some that's dark right. shit going on in there too, but look at how she's glowing and she's still achieving if I'm struggling, yeah. I can go to her and say, help me. And there's no judgment right. because she's been there before. And that's the most important that's thing right. in the world to me because so many women feel alone. And so this has yeah. been an incredible conversation around that. So because you already said that you love the title of the show, I want to ask you this question in closing that I always ask everyone. What does the phrase okay. like you can ask mean to you, Holly? It, you know, it just means that anything is possible, right? That we, you can go, I, I'm living proof, and it sounds like you are as well, from stuck and isolated and lost. You don't even have to know how to get there. You just have to believe it, and you can find your way 
to whatever it is you want. You kick your kicking ass all over the place. It's just, it's just so true. And I just, you know, want to get that message across that if you feel like there's no way out, there is, there's a way out. And, and per love is just one of them. There are many, many paths that'll send you back to your truth where you can kick ass and make your life whatever you want it to be. Yes. Oh, so beautiful. Thank you so much, Holly. Again, everything that we talked about will be linked in the show notes. I I have a really strong feeling that maybe we're going to need round two of talking about this stuff too. So stay tuned for that. I would love that. Let's do it. All right. Take care, Tanya. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being part of the Ladies Kicking Ass community. Cheers to all you badass women out there. Keep rocking your power, igniting your fire, and making waves in the service industry. If you loved today's episode, please do me a quick favor. Take a screenshot, post it, and tag us at Ladies Kicking Ass. Be sure to include the link to your favorite episode. Your support in spreading the word means the world to us as we aim to empower even more women. Hit that subscribe button to stay tuned for more kick-ass episodes. And don't forget, a five-star review is the ultimate high five. Connect with us on social media. All the links are in the show notes. Thank you for being part of our tribe. Now go kick some serious ass, lady. Hey there, ladies. Want to supercharge your personal growth journey with insights from the best in the business? I've got a treat for you. I have been raving throughout many of these podcasts about this incredible self-development app called Growth Day. Imagine learning from industry powerhouses like Mel Robbins, Ed Milet, my girl Lori Harder, Brendan Burchard, Mel Abraham, Lisa Bilyeu. Oh my gosh, there's so many more. And guess what? Every Wednesday, they teach live that you can watch them and interact with them through this app. It's so incredibly cool. Beyond their wisdom and live coaching sessions, there is another incredible feature that I am obsessed with, though. The journal section. I use it every single day, whether it's either to brain dump, reflect on my feelings, remember things from my business, or dive deep with their brilliant journal prompts. I'm never at a loss for words when I sit down to journal. How freaking amazing is that? And because you're part of our podcast family, there's a special treat awaiting you. Click the link in the show notes below to check it all out. Embark on an incredible journey with Growth Day. Remember, every new day is an opportunity to grow, reflect, and evolve. And that is what we do as ladies who are kicking ass.